Blog Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon and we're excited to be on the air. Your hosts for today's show are Robert Brining and Jack McEnroe. They will be taking your calls and speaking out on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That's 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz IM Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and I am joined by my co-host, Jack McEnroe. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm toasty hot. <laughs> I'm so jealous that you're sitting on the beach right now. <laughs> I know. But five minutes ago, I was naked on the beach of V-Town, so I put on clothes just so I didn't feel exposed on radio. <laughs> you know, we're going to start getting requests for video during the show. <laughs> So yeah, I know I'm on P Town. It's it's amazing. I'm loving it. I'm getting fried. I'm probably a little too fried, but I guess I'll worry about that after the show's over. <laughs> right. How how how's your week since um last talked on Wednesday with uh Sean Becker and his wife? Good. Good. Really good. I just um I kind of have just been relaxing because my life is going to get really hectic again. Uh, right after I get back in town, so I'll probably stay out here for about four more days. I'm doing, I'm flying to Seattle, and then Fashion Week starts in New York, and then I do a thing for Merck in New Orleans, and um, so I'm just kind of crazy after this, so I'm taking some time to just do nothing, although I seem to never not be, have them all, there's always something to do, but all good. <laughs> That's always interesting. Well, today we have um, um, a gentleman by the name of Eric, and I'm going to, if I butcher your name, I apologize, Policonis. And he manages the outreach for an organization called Get Real Philly, which is a program um, that is based in Philadelphia. And what it is is um, basically an organization that collaborates stories of people living with um, either HIV or AIDS or people who are um, gay, bisexual, transgender. And they share these real stories that have, like, real frank discussions. Like, when you read these, like, there's, you know, there's words in there that, little kids shouldn't be reading and, and they tell you like what it's really like and they share the real stories. And um, I actually uh, went down and volunteered to share my story when I met them. I think I met them two years ago, World AIDS Day. It was like the first um, that I launched uh, the Pause I Am Network. And I, I ran into the one guy there and I was like, oh, I would love to share my story because I was just getting out and I was like, this is the best way for me to get out and, you know, get my story out there so people will start reading it. And, you know, I went down, they set you up with an interview, you come down and the guy, John, was really a great guy, sat down and recorded our conversation and I basically told my story from beginning to end. And then he sat there and wrote the whole story out, you know what I mean, and made it like iron words, but changed certain things because they don't want it to be exactly the same. You know what I mean? They right. want it to be a little bit of not who it is. So it was amazing because it was the first time to put it out there and on the, on the front um, my flyer, if you go to uh, getrealphilly.org and you click on Carl, that is my um, story. And on the cover of it, it says, "Be positive told me to just let it all go and become who I really am. I had to accept myself before anyone else would, and now I'm in a pretty good place. So I was like, that's so, you know, it's, it's amazing that the stories that they tell you, I mean, if you've read them, they're amazing how people go through if they were, you know, in abusive relationships or if one's positive and one's negative, how they went through the transition of, you know, starting a relationship and how what their 
what they're afraid of when they go to the doctors and what they ask questions of what they can do and what they can't do. So it's very, very um, good awareness for the LGBT community in Philadelphia area. Right. Well, I think that kind of thing is great just to have as a resource anyway. So, you know, you can click on any one of those stories and find something that you relate to. I mean, there's so many different ways people um, contract HIV, whether their situations may be different. They may think they're the only one that got it this way or they're, you know, alone in their experience. And it's good to know that there's outlets like that where you can see that, no, you're not. Um, my question is, why, was it, why is it fictionalized lately? Do you know what the reason for that is? Why is it what? I'm sorry? Well, it, it, you said it's kind of fictionalized. You go under the well, name of Carl, so it, it keeps it so it's sort of anonymous? or? Yeah, I think so, actually. Why don't we bring Eric on and we'll ask him. <laughs> Eric, okay, cool. welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Hey, How's hey, it hey. going, man? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Well, anytime. So, um Tell us a little bit about Get Real Philly. Actually, uh, Jack just had a question, so why do well, you, you guys make you, it a little bit? Go ahead. Well, you go, uh, go ahead and kind of explain what, what it is and uh, let our, our listeners kind of know what you do and all about your site, and then I just had a question, a specific question, but we'll get to that. Okay, cool. Uh, so basically, Get Real Philly is a media, multimedia campaign in Philadelphia, and we use the real stories from real men's lives across Philadelphia. And um, our aim is to kind of facilitate behavior change or kind of uh, support um, men who have sex with men who are going through a certain situation to possibly either look further inside themselves or look outside themselves into uh, other individuals that are maybe going through the same thing in the hopes of kind of getting them to think, hey, maybe I should um, looking, uh, look into this in, uh, on a more professional level, like at, a, at another agency or a support group, or actually find some sort of help to resolve that uh, behavior that they're not really sure they like anymore. Cool. So my my specific question was um, Robert said he participated in mm-hmm. in Get Real and he and that you kind of uh, he went under a pseudonym and they changed a few aspects of the story and I was wondering why is it just about anonymity that you kind of there's a little bit of fictionalization of each person's story or what's that about? Yeah, that's a lot about um, it's also it's sort of protecting the individual as well as the program because. Uh, while a lot of um, men want their picture, their name, and everything on front of the, the cover, it can happen that along the road that person would decide, hey, you know what, maybe that wasn't the best idea, and right. call in and say, could you pull those stories? While well, they're all over the Philadelphia area, it's impossible. Um, right. So it kind of protects the individual if, in case down the road they decide that they don't want people to know that much about them. Or and for the uh, the program itself because we don't want to um, we don't want to be facilitating any kind of uncomfortable thing with an individual that decides to take place or take part in the uh, program. Right, that makes sense. Got it. Yeah. Now, how long cool. has the program been going on? Uh, we are in our fourth year right now. Fourth year, and you have ten stories on the website. Right now we have 10 on the website. Right now we're actually updating our website. We're going to try to do a small revamp. So there's only 10 up there, but in actuality I think we have about 20 stories, maybe even 20. We're waiting for 21 and 22 to come back out. And we also released a new campaign where it's the same thing as the Get Real Stories, except we've gotten uh, leaders through the the community, some 
LGBT, some people that support or an, al an ally of the LGBT community to talk about their kind of uh, outlooks and hopes and dreams for um, our or our community. Cool. Yeah. Now, do, you get, do you get a big response from people? Do a lot of people email you and contact you when they find out about your organization and, and ask to share their story? I get, yeah, I get all kinds of responses. Um, some people uh, really, well, a lot of people really like it. Um, they want to share their stories uh, for many different kinds of reasons. Some, a lot of guys are like, I just want to do it because I think it would be therapeutic. You know, they want to get it off their chest. And, and a lot, all of them are, are hoping that other people can benefit from any kind of struggle or challenge that they've been having. Um, and I, I get that kind of response from every, we're all over the, the Internet right now on a manhunt and Facebook and uh, our websites and uh, always getting different kinds of comments and kudos and uh, suggestions <laughs> as well from everybody. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I found it very therapeutic when I actually did it. Yeah. Um, and when I received um, when I received it in the mail, um, a copy of it, and I read it, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like it just felt so good to get it out. Yeah, absolutely. So, if someone is interested in participating, what's the commitment? Like, what what's the process? Uh, so, what would happen is that you would be um, connected with one of our story writers, uh, okay. and they would call you, or you would call them, and they do a short um, on the phone interview to make sure that this would be something that we were looking for. Um, just right. to kind of get an idea what the topic is that you would want to talk about, more or less that, because you don't want to duplicate topics in the story. Right. Um, so after that short interview, they'll, you'll be called in, and um, you'll have a one- to two-hour interview, and that will be recorded, but it is all very con confidential. None of the uh, information, like even, uh, as you know, with the story, your name and face will not be attached to the story. Everything is kept very uh, quiet just in case and then after that two-hour interview the story is sent to the writer. The writer does a, uh, a tries to figure out what the themes and the plots are in the story and what would work best for the program and then they'll condense that entire one to two-hour interview into one or two pages and so there's a lot of editing and cutting and um, a lot of uh, not really, I can't really say creativity, but the the writer really tries to capture the person in their interview with their language and their their points of view. But um, yeah, there is a lot of editing just because I mean two hours into two pages, that's kind of difficult. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So then once it's all cut down, then it's sent to uh, a cab, uh, a community advisory board, and we all kind of like sit around and deliberate and try to um, make sure that it's polished and of course the grammar is correct. Um, and after we come down to something that we're happy with, we send it to the individual that was originally interviewed, and they can say, yes, this is great, or say, no, I don't like this, and it could totally be scrapped from there. So they have a total power of attorney, I guess I'd say, to uh, <laughs> say no to it. If they did. if they, this really wasn't what they wanted to see, then that's, that's understandable because we really want to make sure that it's that person's voice that's being heard, right. not not something that we just created because we thought this was a good message, you know. Now, and specifically, who like is, is there? What's the website, or how do they get in contact with you? Or well, on our website, uh, getrealphilly.org, uh, uh, there's contact information on there. Okay, cool. Um, uh, the media um, guy. Uh, Jonathan Ellis, he is the one person that will uh, connect people to uh, 
the interviewers. I also can do that too. So really any of the contact numbers on the website uh, will help you find the person. So it's, get, it's getrealphilly.org. Yeah. And they have to be from Philadelphia. Yeah, they have to be from Philadelphia. That's the one drawback right now. Cause and it is they have to be the LGBT community? They have to be a man who has sex with men. Okay. Yeah, and that, that includes a transgender individuals or gen, um, uh, anyone along the transgender spectrum. So. Right. Uh, is there? Uh, why do you keep it um, limited to that? Is there a specific reason? That's just honestly, uh, it's going to sound lame, but it's the way the program is written in the grant. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the. Yeah, that, is, that makes sense. Have. I know. How, I know yeah. all about grants and getting money and how you have yeah. to do it. Follow so rules. We have, so. Yeah, that's just the rule of the the, the money that we receive to do this uh, project. Got it. Yeah. They can all go to getrealphilly.org and contact you if they want to get involved um now what what is your aspect what do you what do you do on your end you say you manage the hours what exactly do you okay yeah we i do a lot of differently initially it is the uh the outreach portion so i have a a staff of outreach workers as well as uh, volunteers for mazoni center that we take the stories and we take sex for sex kits and these are educated individuals on um resources in the community and uh, safer sex type of messages and we go out into the community the bars clubs streets high-risk neighborhoods um, and we give out the materials and we try to educate whenever anyone is open to it um, yeah, yeah were, you, were you say something I was gonna say you go to a lot of the um the events in Philadelphia and hand out flyers. Cause oh. I know that's where I first saw you guys. That was at the World AIDS Day two years ago. Yeah, we go to uh, like the Outfest Pride, um, the Equality Forum, and then there, there it's kind of a lot more fun. We get um, a lot of materials to give out, like backpacks and like laser pointers and T-shirts and things. And uh, the guys and girls that come up to the table, we play like uh, games and things like that so they can win the prizes. And then they learn a little bit about the program, and hopefully they walk away from the table learning a little bit more about how to keep them and the people that they love safe. Hmm. Is there a place where you um, – do you get a lot of comments like regarding the stories after you publish them? Is there a place yeah. where you post those comments? Yeah, I don't. Po- we well, if you look on Facebook, our uh-huh. our comments are posted right underneath the stories. Sometimes, uh, some it. of the other places that we post, like uh, Craigslist, once in a while, I'll try to sneak it in there. Um, I get comments from them, and a lot of it's very supportive. And then some people are critiquing, so that's always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to like hear someone else's point of view, um, but they're not really public, unfortunately. Yeah, well, anytime you put anything out in the public, like forum on the internet, whatever, you're always going to get oh, a, yeah. dissent, a dissenting viewpoint. So it's just the <laughs> the, the way of the world. Yeah. Um, yep. I I have a question for you. Like, can you recount like one or two of like the more memorable stories that you have that you can think of? Um, well, the two that kind of go hand in hand, which everybody really likes, uh, is the top and the bottom story. Uh, there's a top story and a bottom story. I think that the bottom is James and the top is Stephen. Yeah. And that's two different perspectives of like what it means to be a top and what it means to be a bottom. And um, like the top talks about, it's actually a, a cool point of view where the top is always looked at as the ma- macho person and the one that's in control. And it's not always true. I mean, the bottom does have a lot more control than people give them credit for. 
Um, and, <laughs> I mean that. I mean. Oh, I know. <laughs> but uh, then uh, the bottom um, just talks about like um, what it, how they, how they really, how he really likes to take care of himself as a bottom, and what it was like the first time he bottomed, and the things he was worried about, and now has, uh, I guess you could say, a more mature bottom. <laughs> he knows mm-hmm. uh, what to do, and there's like a lot of like cute little tips and um, he, like to to make it a more enjoyable experience. So that was like one of the that still is uh, two of the most popular stories. Um there's another one too that um is really popular is the cuz so many um guys out there can identify with going out to the clubs and feeling like it's only about going, getting drunk and then meeting someone and then going home. And um that story right, seems to ring through true to a lot of people and they 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 uh, comment that on that a lot. They're like, "Oh, I thought that I was the only one that felt like that." And I, thought, I always wondered if there was more to socializing just than just getting drunk and getting laid. And so I hear a lot about that one too. Yeah, I noticed that you have two of them about um, people that are HIV positive. Yeah. Um, of yeah. course, you have you have mine, but um, the other one that you have is actually kind of weird, but it's under the name Robert. Yeah, <laughs> not swap the names. I promise. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the yeah, we, we actually would love to get more pause stories. That's where um, the board is like trying to get more guys to come out and uh, share their stories about being pause and um, especially like it would it's, it really would be amazing if we could find someone that would be willing to share their um, newly diagnosed experience. Um, with everyone, because that's a very important story to get out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hear, I get that. I mean, I get an email at least once a week from someone like freaking out about that, or newly diagnosed and wants to know where what to do, where to go, what the next step should be, like all the emotions that go through. Right, and working um, through the stigma and all that stuff. We want to. Yeah. Love to get that story. And how their dating life is going to change, and if they're going to die, and if they're going to meds are going to work, and all that. Stuff, so. Absolutely. So if anybody out there, please, uh-huh. Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I'll send out an email to um, the people in Philly on my site and see if any of them are, you know, at the newly diagnosed stage and if they'd be interested in that. Absolutely. I mean, and, and not only that, any any story from a pause guy's point of view, because there's so many things you can talk about. So if you if anyone has any inkling that their story would be something of interest to the community, don't hesitate, please. Cool. Well, I would if I lived in Philly, but sorry. If I move, I'll let you know. Yeah, if you move, just uh, give me a call. That'd be cool. I, I could talk about having, I just have my 20-year anniversary on, in August. August oh. 9th. Wow. <laughs> no. I don't know if that deserves, like, a, an accolades or what, but. Yeah, it was like, uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any presents. I was kind of bummed. Oh my! Yeah, he's enjoying his his little uh, celebration. He's on the beach right now, Eric. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm standing okay. in a speedo, looking at the water, like thinking, God, I want this radio show to be over so I can go. Oh play. no! <laughs> <laughs> so hey, I'm just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I was probably looking at the water, I'd be thinking that too. Yeah, I might yeah, like have a, I might have a, an early accidental disconnect, and then you'll never hear <laughs> me like, again. Oh, the connection's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm gone. 
<laughs> so now, Eric, um, the Get Real Philly—that's also uh, a part of the Manzoni Center as well, right? So you yes, work for is. them as well, too. What's that? Do you work for them as well? Yeah, I am actually employed by Mazzoni Center. The project is a, co- a collaboration between Mazzoni Center and Public Health Management Corporation of Philadelphia, but I do work for Mazzoni Center. Okay, I see what you're saying. And what, what is the Mazzoni Center? What, how is that different? Um... So Mazzoni Center is actually um, the oldest uh, LGBT health and well-being center in uh, Pennsylvania, and it's the fourth oldest in the country. So um, we uh, look to... Uh, Give us uh, provide specialized care to the health and well-being of the LGBT population in Philadelphia, and we have a, a slew, and I mean it, a slew of different kinds of services, um, from case management for those living with HIV. Uh, we have a food bank. We have a behavioral health department with um, a, a ton of different kinds of um, support groups. Uh, we have uh, prevention programs. Um, we uh, have an ally program which helps uh, uh, GSAs in the Philadelphia area create safe spaces. Um, tons of different kinds of things going on here. Yeah. Sounds and like we also a lot have of fun. A, yeah, and we have a fully functional a medical center, which is awesome because um, then the LGBT community feels very comfortable coming in and voicing their problems with their health and concerns. And it serves the whole transgender spectrum with hormone therapy, um, of course, HIV care, uh, a lot of good stuff going on. So how did you get to this this point that you're I mean, what made you want to follow this path and be, do what you are doing now? It's funny because I actually lived, I was living in New York City, um, at the time of pursuing an acting career, that's what my degree was in. And after a while, I mean, I just I came out of a relationship and I was going through the motions in uh, New York and I was having a great time, you know. But at, at one point, I was kind of like, wow, is this all that really is to being gay, is this club scene? And I mean, while I said, I mean it, I had a great time, but then I realized after I started to look into the community and see that there were other options. There were different groups and social groups, and um, it didn't only mean to go out all the time. And then through that, I started getting a little bit more active in like um, gay activism and just trying to find other interests with other gay men and women um, to keep me occupied. And then I moved to Philadelphia, and I, I came across Mazzoni Center, and their mission was, was amazing. So um, I just kind of started nudging my way up um, through part-time work, and now I have a manager program. It's great, you know. Now, is there, like, no, volunteer positions there or something where, say, somebody oh, yeah. who is interested, so they could come in and do something like that? Absolutely. I, um, you could go on to the Mazzoni Center website. There's a, a volunteer registration area. And you How do you, put in what's your the website? How do you spell it? Oh, M-A-Z-Z-O-N-I. Okay. Center, C-E-N-T-E-R, dot org. I got it. I'll put it in the chat room. Yeah, and then um, you just go in and log in. There's a You could see right on the front page. If you would like to volunteer, you put in your information. It's sent to the right person. And then hopefully they'll contact you with upcoming events because there's a lot of different things going on. Uh, we've all, like I Get Real, for example, does a condom packing party once a month. And um, other uh, all the uh, programs kind of have different kind of volunteer opportunities similar to that one. Cool. What was that called? Condom what? Condom packing party. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I was... We try to make a little festive. 
We love condom packing. (laughs) (laughs) You might not be thinking of the same kind. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. Funny. So you... So you've been working there, you said, for how long? Uh, I've been doing this for three years now. For doing that at the Manzoni Center for three years? Yes, at Manzoni Center. But I do think that's really interesting that you brought up bring up that topic that, like, I mean, I, I'm here in P-Town, and it's like that's kind of, you know, and, I, and I, it feels like I haven't been here in about 10 years, and it does feel like the median age has sort of aged with me, but it's still really a lot about, like, going to tea at five and then going to after tea at seven and then waiting for the a house to open and then getting drunk and it's like it's like you know and i kind of did that the first night i got here and then i was like that was boring <laughs> you know and it's like and then i wake up the next day and i don't feel great and yeah. i'm like i don't want to just it's not about just you know it's like there there has to be something i mean like i do obviously do a lot of other things but you know it's like beyond you want to get involved in something that's fulfilling that is a social outlet as well that's not just about you know going to clubs or going to bars and getting drunk or even if you're not getting drunk that 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 being at a bar and is the only outlet for entertainment you know mm-hmm. and it's totally not true i mean there's a lot more out there than we even than i i mean i ever knew and it was really neat to be uh my eyes to be open to that kind of fact so now, do you know right. of any, um, Eric, do you know of any places, like, say, for me, right now I live in Bucks County, and I know there's a lot of people who live, like, say, northeast Philly, and that's where I'm, uh, that's where I'm from, but there, they, they, there's nowhere for them to go that isn't in the city. Do you know of a place, yeah. like, up in the, in the area, up, like, north of Philly, kind of like in Bucks area, that would be a good outlet for people? Um, what kind of outlet are you talking about? Uh, any kind of outlet, whether it be, like, um, um, an organization like Manzoni, but up here, um, mm-hmm. or support group meetings that are going on, or just a place where people would be able to find support? Um, honestly, I wouldn't know offhand. Yeah. Um, there are lots of different kinds of uh, publications uh, that talk about that kind of thing in Philadelphia. I think there's a the AIDS, uh, HIV, AIDS, gay book thing. Um, I don't even, I couldn't even, I feel like I'm <laughs> talking to my butt now. But uh, they, <laughs> but there, I honestly couldn't give you an honest answer on that. But I know right. that there must be some sort of like other kind of social uh, opportunities. I know there's there's always a, different kinds of social groups forming. I know that um, if, uh, not to uh, advertise a totally different thing, but I know Philly Gay Calendar every once in a while will post mm-hmm. different kinds of uh, social groups that are going on, not only in Philadelphia, but in the surrounding areas of Philadelphia. So right. that might be a good spot to look. Yeah, I definitely have to check that out. Um, I think I actually am a part of that site somehow. Uh-huh. So what um what what do they have coming up? Is there anything, like, events or anything you have coming up? Well, yeah, we're actually in the middle or the beginning of our uh, 30th year anniversary here at Mazzoni Center. So there's a lot of different kind of events. I think they're planning a gala coming up in the fall for as a fundraiser. Um, and then a bu- bunch of different kinds of fundraisers, social events. We're hoping to uh, really throw a party kind of thing out front of our one building for the Outfest in the fall. And then smaller thing, well, not smaller, but um, programmic things. We have a new uh, nutritional health class that's going to be starting 
on September 3rd for uh, people living with HIV. Just a little bit, and it gives a, a class that will just give you a little bit more knowledge of what you're looking for when you're going food shopping or when you're trying to decide what you're going to eat. And there's always different kinds of support groups forming. So if you're ever interested in support groups for um, substance abuse or living with HIV or um, transgender issues, just uh, hop on our website, again, the Mazzoni Center website, and look under programs, under support groups, and that will pop up a whole bunch of things, uh, opportunities for you. Now, uh, who... who uh, can basically, I mean, I'm not familiar with Manzoni Center since I'm in New York, but um, is it some similar to something like GMHC where you kind of it caters to more like low-income people, or can anyone walk in, or who does you yeah, qualify? How does that work out? Yeah, that's a part of our mission. Like we aim to serve any individual, and it doesn't have to. You don't have, even have to be a part of the LGBT community. Um, we do everything on a sliding scale. Depend. A lot of our services are free, but if you're going to like the medical center, that would be on a sliding scale, or to a therapist, that would be sliding scale. And if you can't, if you need a service and you can't afford it, uh, there are possibilities to help you work it out. Um, and that would be something that you'd have to talk to with your physician or the person in charge of the program. So it's definitely worth contacting the Zoni Center and seeing um, what the possibilities are. Excellent. Yeah. I just want to uh, remind everyone out there listening, if you're in the chat room or not in the chat room listening and listening on a player, you can give us a call at 347-215-9442. If you'd like to maybe share some of your story or ask a question, we'd be more than happy to take your call. So um, I'm coming out to Philly, I think, in October. When's the 8th walk, Robert? October 18th. Yeah, that's when I'll be out there. So maybe we'll all run into each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be around. Yeah. I actually have somebody coming up uh, uh, soon for that on the show to talk about the Philly AIDS walk. Are you going to be there, Eric, or? Oh, guys... yeah, we'll be there. I'll be there. Um, the Zoni Center uh, always puts together a group, and we always do the AIDS walk every year. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Totally. So we are looking, so you're looking for anybody in the LGBT community, or men, or men, sorry, uh-huh. um, in the Philadelphia area who would like to share their story, they can contact you at getrealphilly.org to do the yep. while I'm waiting for the line. So, um, Specifically, like, what was the impetus for Get Real? Like, what, wh- whose idea was it? How did it start? Like, um, I, Jennifer Lobby and uh, Lisa Bond over at Philadelphia Health Management Corporation, uh, they, it's their baby, pretty much. And they actually did a project similar to this, or one of them, I think, uh, did a project similar to this um, with women and trying to reduce the risk of HIV. And they did a a story thing for women, and they really thought that this would be um, appropriate for men uh, as well. So that was kind of where it came from. Um, Do you know what the name of that woman's one was? uh, You know what? I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I can't think of what that one was. but the whole the whole basis of it is multimedia. I mean, it's not really a new concept. Not that I don't want to toot our own horn, but you know, you see it on the Jenny Craig commercial, like somebody saying, "Yeah, this worked for me," and da 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 da. Sort of the same thing. They kind of wanted to 
say, just have um, men who have sex with men speak out and say, hey, this worked for me or this didn't work for me. And I'm just trying to kind of follow that that line of thinking. I think it's a great tool to use um, in general, just sharing personal stories. You know, that's kind of the concept of Pause I Am and why I created it and the radio show. So I, I love the idea. Do you um, – trying to think of how I want to put this. Do you get do you get a lot of people who say negative things about it because it's so frank? Um, I have had some people. I mean, uh, at the tables at the events, you know, they'll open it up and they'll they'll start seeing the words popping out at them, and they'll be like, "Whoa, what's this all about?" And I'm kind of like, "Well, it's, it's they're real stories, and this is the language that the men use, and they're telling the stories, and you know, when I edit that, edit that stuff out, it's supposed to be real." And, you know, then I'll have a couple words to say. And then I was like, well, okay, well, you could just close it and put it down. I'll take it back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that's not for you. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I mean, I've had uh, – everyone's been really accepting about it. Um, sometimes, you know, they're like, whoa, this is really uh, frank discussion. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it, that's what it's supposed to be. Um, but, I mean, it, to each his own, you know, but uh, – yeah, there's discussions that need to be happening, you know, to teenagers and young adults. They need to be having these discussions. Absolutely, especially now that um, being sexually active just occurs so young. Um, it, it just, I think it's imperative that this, these kind of things need to be discussed. Cool. Yeah. Jack, were you going to say? I thought you had said something when I cut you off. No, no, no. Um, I mean, I'm just interested in hear, hearing more of the stories, but I, um, I, and I would go online and look them up. But you know, the internet connection out at the beach is not so good. <laughs> do, you, do you remember any other, Eric? Do you remember any of the other stories that you could possibly share with us? I know you have some about transgender oh, yeah. people. Um, we have, well, yeah, we have Aiden. He's um, a transitioned man, um, and he talks about how uh, he. Uh, his personal feelings about um, sex and um, being a, a trans man, and how um, he feels like he the trans community gets a really bad rap. That's an interesting story. Um, we have one uh, Justin who who's a, from I guess you could say the hood of Philadelphia, and he he's not even out of the closet. But his story was cool because he he did it just to try to help himself come out of the closet. Um, he talks about his first gay experience, um, what that meant to him, and why he's so afraid to come out. Um, so that was a really cool story, too. Um, I think the uh, quotes that you guys use, you know, the front of the articles are amazing. The one where you're talking about Aiden, who was the, the trans man, says, what gets me is gay men talk about trans folks like they're not real or right. real men or real women. I'm just like them. I'm not in between or unfinished. I'm just me. And something mm-hmm. like that, like that quote, like grabs you and, and right. makes you want to read it. And I think that's ama- That's great. Yeah, we try to do that with all the stories and uh-huh. bring out the, the punchiest line and put it, or the, the thing that really sums up the story the best and put it on the front. And we hope that it, it pulls people into reading it. Especially with that story, I mean that was that was a great um, part of the whole story because it really that really does sum up the way Aiden felt about everything. Um, 
Well, I think it's interesting as well how the trans community, the transgender community, is sort of lumped in to the LGBT when, mm-hmm. when we're all, I mean, we're all so different. Lesbians are so different than gay men, and gay men are different. I mean, and, and there's a spectrum of all things, gender identities and sexual identities. And, um, and I think it was interesting for me. I, mean, I think as a young gay man, when, when, you know, years ago, you, the transgender discussion was a lot different. It wasn't so visible, and you just thought of transsexuals as, you know, drag queens, basically, and that's right. what my exposure to it. And it wasn't actually until I did a uh, um, thing for, I did an event for the Point Foundation, which is this great foundation that gives uh, scholarships to LGBT uh, people for school, and you have to be in school, and that's the whole point of it. And then you have to qualify for certain other things. But So I went to this thing, this awards dinner for them, and there was a bunch of um, female to male transgender people, transgender men, and I didn't actually know that they were not, you know, had not always been men. And I hope I don't put my foot in my mouth some way here. But, you know, it was just sort of shocking. I was talking to a couple of these guys, and they were like, they're very young, probably in their early, early 20s. And, you know, it was just really interesting to hear those stories. And then, you know, I was talking to them about what their school they were doing and what, you know, their, their education that they were pursuing and whatnot. And then it would come out that they were transgendered. And I was like, you know, oh, I'm stupid for, you know, having preconceived notions about who you are, you know. And it just makes – it opens your eyes when you hear, you know, stories like that or see someone like that or meet someone. And that's what I think is important. And but, you know, the same thing in regards to the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I mean, funny. I, Go ahead, Derek. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's been, it's, I'm just seeing that, because I, I do come from, I came from the school of thought that there were lesbians and there were gay men and then there were straight people. And then to see all the different colors of diversity when it comes to gender identity and sexuality, it, it, just doing this, um, I've learned so much from my colleagues and the people of the community. It's just, it's kind of mind-boggling how, how little I knew beforehand. And Yeah, absolutely. You must meet a lot of interesting people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Going through the stories and, and things of, of meeting them face-to-face when you go to events and stuff like uh-huh. that. You must definitely meet a lot of interesting people. Yeah, and I, that's the part of my job that I love. I mean, uh-huh. I, I love seeing, I love meeting people and hearing their, their side of everything because like, it's just it just gives me a whole different spin on life and um it's always uh humbling to know that my experiences aren't the end all be all you know well and i think that's a great part about things the, the experiences and things that we do um where we are constantly meeting people from different walks of life and i mean i think it's very easy and i, and I see that here in p-town where it's easy for people to be in little cliques and stay in their little comfort zones and associate with people that look and act just like themselves and do the same thing over and over. And, you know, I think it's it's courageous just to explore, you know, other points of view and other lifestyles and other orientations and other people besides, you know, a a cookie-cutter version of what you are, you know? Yeah. Like I said, it just really opens up your mind and then you can really appreciate other people for what they are and even more start to appreciate yourself and then also kind of discover more about you when you talk and learn about other people. Uh, great. Yeah. yeah, you learn well, so yeah. much from people who are different from you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And people who, like, are, you know, whether they want to be racist or, or prejudiced or whatever it is, people who hate other people because they're different, they lose out on so much. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is that you, Jack? Is that the wind? Yeah. Are you in the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm swimming now. I got bored. <laughs> no, um, I, think it is, I, I think it, it is a wind. I'm on top of a dune because they said the reception is better. So, oh, yeah, if you could one. see me, if you could see me right now, you would just fucking bust out laughing because I'm literally like, a, a, somebody needs to take a picture of you. <laughs> I'm in a little orange speedo and sunglasses, like, and I'm actually getting fried, and I'm on the top of a dune, like, smoking hot. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's totally hysterical. Um, it's not your typical radio studio. Let's just put that way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you also participate? Um, does the centers and Get Real Philly participate in um, the gay bingo and things of that nature? Um, we we. Do sort of like we get the only thing we get to do really is like donate items. I think we did that one time, just for them to raffle or you know, to give out as a prize. But we don't get to like really get involved involved with the the, the gay bingo. Right. Yeah. I know That's I sponsored a I sponsored a, a game there one year for my soccer team. For the, oh, cool. the Falcons, we sponsored a game there to get the word out about the team, and it was pretty good. I'm actually thinking about doing it for the um, radio show. Oh yeah, that's pretty, great. Pretty good advertise because I don't advertise, so I thought it would be a pretty good way to advertise. And my direct audience is probably there, you know, playing yeah. bingo. <laughs> it's a huge event. So we'll see about that. But other than that, nothing. Um, you said the next big event is your condom wrap. Uh, right? Did I hear that con- right? Our condom packing party. We have we have our condom packing party once a month. Um, and, and what exactly do you do? We just like hang out. Um, we get all different people from the community. Right now, we have uh, I think Beta Phi Beta girls from Temple University help us monthly. They're really great. And then we have other people from the community just hang out, and we just put condoms and lube in a little baggie and zip it up, and um, we throw them into the the pile to be distributed. And you know, at the end, we have like some pizza, and we hang out, listen to music, and talk, and network. So that's always a lot of fun. So what do they hand hand the packets out at their school, or do they hand them out like do you no, go, we, go in and pass out at the bar? The get real uh, outreach workers hand them out on the street or oh, okay. at events. So we we keep a stockpile of them for whenever we're going out in the community. Like tonight, we have an outreach event in Center City, Philly. We'll, we'll go out with all the condom packs and the stories, and we'll go out and try to put these in everybody's hands and. Um, you know, answer no, that's something that, that's something that anybody can volunteer and do, right? If they want yeah, to do. Um, pretty much. I, I like to I take volunteers as long as I I, I always have my staff members and um, they'll get a, a small training if they ever wanted to do it. They would do, if they wanted to do outreach, they would have to have a little bit of a small training from me um, in order to know what's going to happen when they get out there and what to say and where the right referrals are. Um, but we're always we're always looking for volunteers. Well, I think I, I'm always jealous of people that can use those. I mean, because condoms, like, you go into any health center or any gay bar and you can get, find condoms, and they're always, I'm allergic to latex, so I have to use um, polyurethane, and mm-hmm. um, which are, I actually like better, but um, mm-hmm. but I have to buy them. It's such a pain in the ass. I'm always like, okay, free lube, and I can't use that. Right. <laughs> we give out female condoms, too, which are really awesome. Did you ever use those? Um, are those, like, are those, some of those are polyurethane, I think, right? Yeah, they're, they're not, polyurethane. Like, they're not latex. 
A yeah. Nova or just like a big glad bag, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, so that's not a big glad bag. But, uh, there were, yeah, but yeah, you could use you, <laughs> sort of, yeah. You oh, I, I, yeah, let's not get into that. I'll, 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 I'll try one out. <laughs> <laughs> Eric can ship you one. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, no, actually, um, I, I, I've seen those before. I know. I just never have opened the package to. Yeah. To, to, yeah, they're I not. They're I, not I, I didn't think I had a lot of use for a female condom, but maybe I do. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to experiment with different. Things. That's true. Maybe yeah. you should put that into your one of your stories and some of the experimentation with female condom. Maybe I I'll do it when I move to Philly. That will be my story. There you go. That'll be your story. I, I'll have it already queued up for you. <laughs> Fabulous. So are there any specific kinds of, I know you said you're looking for people who are like newly diagnosed with HIV. Are there any other like, specific angles that you're looking for specifically? Um, I mean, it would be nice to hear from um, a successful relationship with a negative positive person or even um, why a positive person would choose to stay with a positive person. Um, you know, the whole Sarah. Why you mean why why a negative person would choose to stay well, with a positive person? Either way, like there's always different kinds of angles that maybe we're not even considering. Right. So um nay a, a positive and a positive and neg and a positive and positive and neg, like any way you want to look at it. Um they Well I mean that's interesting just because um I know Robert's partner is negative and I would prefer that's right Robert right yeah. and I would prefer um, I'd prefer to date someone who's positive just because mm-hmm. it seems easier <laughs> and they kind of get it, it. Um, it never seems to happen that way but you know I think so I, I do think there are a lot of stories out there of people in those situations and actually I know there are I hear from people all the time that are like my partner's positive I'm really nervous and you know absolutely so. yeah I hear I hear that all the time I mean and it's just nice to it'd be nice to like put that story out there. Well, and it was actually interesting last week when we were um, speaking to Sean and I'm sorry I forget her name, but Glenn. um, yeah, Sean and Glenn. And he was saying when they go to schools and talk, they're like, listen, um, you know, the 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 risks that we're putting ourselves at with Gwen being negative and Sean being positive and protecting ourselves are much less than the risks that any of you that are having unprotected sex are putting mm-hmm. yourself at. So, I mean, which I think was, was I'd never really heard it put like that, and I thought it was really interesting, and I could see how that could be a total eye-opener for people. It's like unprotected yeah. sex in general is much riskier than sex with a condom regardless of people's uh, HIV status. So, yeah. I mean, and, and you're already alone. You, you know what the other person's status is, so you're, you know what to do. You know what I mean? So right. it's ab- absolutely. And I also like I want also want to push that because I would really love to get the uh, story out of um, what what a, a pause person learned that was not true about the stigma out there. You know what when they were like, oh, you know what I thought this is the rumor about being positive, but you know what this is actually not. <laughs> this is false. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear that. Kind of story too. Yeah, because there's so many of that that happens. You know that people fill their heads with all these negative thoughts now that they're positive, and it's really just a bunch of baloney. Uh-huh, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just, there's just so much to work through when you find out your diagnosis, and um, to not have to listen to the crap would be awesome, you know. <laughs> 
No, I think it's so true. I mean, and I just, uh, you know, I get emails from people that are like, oh, I hope you feel better. You know, I hope everything. So, I mean, like, you know, I feel fine. I told my health is great. I think that's a huge misconception, especially people mm-hmm. that just aren't familiar with anything having to do with HIV. That they think that you're you feel sick, and um, there's just so many like bits of misinformation out there that need to be addressed. So, absolutely. That's funny. One of the things in the story that was written um, on me from them was uh, people tend to think that pause guys are these little scrawny little twigs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's, and it's proof. I mean, look at Jack. It's not what people look like. Look at the pirate. People don't look like that. You know what I mean? Like people with HIV look all different ranges, just like anyone else. Yeah. Right. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Well, and I also think there's some sort of judgment that we're promiscuous and um, you know, we've we've somehow brought it on ourselves, and mm-hmm. there's other like lascivious things involved, and this and that. And like, I mean, that can be true in some cases. There's a lot of HIV negative people that fit into that category, and mm-hmm. I know there's there's HIV positive people that were infected, you know, non sexually or in their very first experience. Or I mean, there's you know, there's all examples in all facets of life. So mm-hmm. there's no generalization to be made. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with what you see television and on movies when you yeah. see people with AIDS you know they're dying you know what I mean it's, you don't really see a lot of survival and that's why it's so great when you know when Jack when you were on because it shows that people are alive and pursuing their gene, their dreams and just like Angina when she was on the RuPaul's Drag Race it was the same thing seeing people out there that are real helps give hope to so many people who, who don't have it mm-hmm. yeah and that's what's important well, thank you, but that's what's important about the stigma that, you know, that, you know, like, it, 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 the people are afraid to be vocal about their experience, and um, it's just unfortunate, because, I mean, I constantly encourage people to, and especially when people reach out to me and say, like, I'm depressed, I'm this, I'm like, well, you know what, one of the great cures for depression is helping someone else. I mean, and that often, in turn, helps yourself, and I think one thing you can do that's just a small thing is just be honest and open about your HIV status, and that will help the whole entire HIV community. And if it's like anything, like if we all came out openly as, as HIV-positive individuals or gay individuals or whatever individuals we are, then it's like, oh, everyone would be like, oh, okay, that's what this looks like, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be such a big deal. But when it's secretive or people are ashamed, then, then it becomes an issue, which it doesn't need to be. So that's my yeah, take on it. <laughs> that was my take like- today. <laughs> sort of like adds a whole mystique to it, then it's not a good one either. It's like, what's going on in there? As soon as you um, put it out there, what it really is, then it's not so scary. Exactly. Where it is. Right. Yeah. Well, sounds good to me. We're winding down to the last few minutes. So, um, Eric, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, um, basically, just you know, check out the Get Real website. Check out the Mazzoni website. Um, there's tons of things going on all the time. Um, uh, yeah, if you have any questions about anything, just uh, contact me and on my email, which is also on the website, uh, or by phone, um, and I'm right here to answer questions. Or if you want copies of the story. Uh, any of the stories or all the stories, um, again, just contact me because we have plenty to go around. <laughs> and I mean, do they contact for, you where do they search? I'm sorry, what do they search for on Facebook? Like, how are they? Oh, it's uh, it's just Get Real Philly. Get Facebook. Real Philly, okay. Yeah. And then people can order those the stories, and you can ship them anywhere. 
And how does it work? Do they pay for the shipping? I could, how does... I, I could do that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Okay, because some, some people may be interested in, in reading them, you know what I mean, who are not in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That's so fine. Think, um, cool. Like, uh, cool. All right, Eric. Well, thanks for joining us today, and I really appreciate you taking out time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. Thank you very much. This has been awesome. Thanks, Eric. Have a good day. Right on. Yeah, I'm back too. in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. So you guys can so, um, learn more about Get Real Philly at getrealphilly.org. You there, Jack? Yeah, I'm there. I'm here. Okay, we still have a few minutes left. Um, I just wanted to talk about some other things before we disconnect. Yeah, no problem. Um, and honestly, I was trying. I was running out of questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a yeah, minute, I kind of just had he was he was great, but then you know, at a certain point, you're like, okay, well, we got it. So I was like, okay, I was just trying to think of what else I could ask him. But did you get a chance to check out the videos that I made? Uh, some promo videos for the radio show. Oh no, I haven't. I I well, you know me. I've been um uh, I haven't been in like one place for more than forty eight hours right. in the last two weeks. So I've been in Copenhagen, Berlin. I was home for like four days, and then I came out here. So. I haven't done very much constructive anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll um, when you get back. Yeah, I will definitely look them up. So how do I find them? Where, where are they? Are they on the uh, Pazan site? Um, you can get them on the Pazan site, actually, or you can go to YouTube or Facebook or they're everywhere. And um, do I just go, uh, put your name in on YouTube? or On YouTube, you just put YouTube backslash Pazan. Oh, cool. Or if you go to the radio show page, they're on the radio show page, too. They're everywhere. <laughs> oh, good. But they're they're cool. Kenji uh, uses program that he uses to make the videos, and I I do a, like a monthly promo of all the guests. Oh, cool. And then I just did one of the radio show with me, you, and Jeremy, and talking about the show. So I thought it was kind of just check it out. Oh, cool. That's exciting. Hey, and yeah. where do, have we made any progress rescheduling the Queens of Media interview? Because since I can't do that, um, the Queens of Media interview has been canceled. Okay, so well, um, cool. yeah, the ladies, um, I guess had a falling out and it was <laughs> dropped. Those bitchy queens today. <laughs> their radio show went exploded before we got to be on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> were um, you on well, it once or twice? Yeah, I was on it once. They are crazy bitches anyway, so like I'm kinda glad that we don't have to do it. <laughs> they, well the funny thing was is the way Gracie's great. It's hilarious. She's she's fabulous. But the girls and they they kinda trapped me into doing it by saying that it was at, at, at 12 and I was like okay noon like I just kept thinking it's at noon like what, what fucking radio shows at midnight so come come time to do the show they're like no it's not noon it's from midnight to 2 a.m. and I was like oh shit are you serious so I'm like in my bed falling asleep and like I may get down and dirty so I, I was sure. trying to be on my toes and not be too obnoxious and it was hilarious so oh, you're funny <laughs> we actually had a great show on um, Sunday. We had Felicia Flames, and I'm sure you missed this because you were busy traveling. Um, but she um, came on and shared her personal story, and she's an HIV-positive uh, transgender woman who lives in California in the Castro, I believe. And she's 63 years old, and she had her um, operation done in 76, 1976. Wow. So she had such knowledge to share with us of the LGBT community. And what, you know, happened in Castro and, and things of that nature. So that was a great show that we had on Sunday. Wow. It was really great, yeah. Um, and this Sunday we have coming up is John Cunningham, who's the executive director of the National AIDS Memorial Grove. 
Oh, cool. Um, it's located in the San Francisco Golden State Park, which is right. really, really interesting. So uh, I'm excited to have him come on. And, have and have you ever been there? I have not. It's beautiful. I've been to San Francisco. I just haven't been to the, the Grove. Got it. Yeah, it's because that park is stunning. Um, well, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to plug my event. If anyone uh, happens to be listening to this in Seattle, uh, I'm going out with Kevin Christiana to Seattle on the 20. I'll be there on the 27th, but the event is called Product Runway on the 28th. And it's the Interior Design Community uh, makes uh, fashion. They do fashion a fashion show, and all the items are made out of like. Um, linoleum and tile and carpets and upholstery and interior design stuff. So it's really cool because they come up with these crazy, crazy designs. So Kevin and I are emceeing that and judging it, and it'll be fun. So I'll be out there for that and see my family, and then back in New York. Sounds fun. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Last, I was a judge last year, and uh, there was a drag queen hosting. I thought I would refuse to do drag, but <laughs> but uh yeah, it's super fun. Let's see. The next Wednesday we're gonna actually we have a topic next Wednesday. We're gonna be taking calls all week and we're gonna talk about how to overcome depression. And um, you know, hopefully we'll get a good response from people calling in and sharing their story. And then um August thirtieth, the last Sunday of the month, we're gonna speak with um Trav Travis A. Scott, who is a YouTube blogger and he's a member of Positive M and um he, he blogs about, you know, being HIV positive and uh, he puts up videos, which is always really, really cool. Did you notice that um, Project Runway is going to be on uh, Lifetime? Yeah, yeah, I knew that. That's a whole, that's a whole big drama. It starts, um, <laughs> I just saw tomorrow. the commercial, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, it starts tomorrow. Tomorrow, they have actually the, the first episode is an all-star with uh, a bunch of people that you don't care about from prior seasons. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I think the next following week, the next, that Wednesday is the first episode, and um, yeah, it got sold to Lifetime. It was in legal limbo for a year and a half. It, it was it was a big, it's a long boring story, but yeah. So I knew it was a Lifetime. I think it'll be good. We'll see. Yeah, cool. It's always exciting yeah. to get out there. Um, and that's you said your next event is in Seattle, so you'll be taking care of that. Uh, we got about two minutes, so just remind people that you can follow me and Jack. We're on Twitter. Um, and uh, Facebook, all the good places that we are. I'm everywhere. You know what's so annoying? You know what's so annoying? I was like, not to say how friggin' popular I am, but um, <laughs> you can only have five thousand friends on Facebook, and like I try yeah. to add everyone because, you know, I've just I'm trying to be nice. So right. Um, and I'm at five. I'm at my limit, so I can't add any more friends unless I delete people, and then I feel super bad. <laughs> Well, did so see, a lot of people, my... I mean, I obviously don't know all 5,000 of those people. I know a handful of them. So right. it's like, I just feel, I feel bad. It's like, so if anyone wants to contact me via Facebook, you have to write me a message because you can't friend me anymore. Yeah, I don't my, want any um, more friends. <laughs> my partner, um, wanted, he ended up making a fan page and transferred all people who were not his real friends or he didn't know personally, over to the fan page. He, he yeah, I have a fan all. page too, but it's like, that, I, I, you know, I don't run it. And I feel like I'm, you know, I, I don't post things that I'm, it's just not current and it's a little less, you know, not that, it's just a little less intimate, even though Facebook's not intimate at all. But, you know what I mean? It's like people, if people want to follow you, they want to kind of know what you're doing because you're posting it up there. So, anyway. Go to Twitter. Maybe they'll they'll make an exception just for me. (laughs) 
All right, well, it sounds good. It was another great show. Remember, you guys can find more about Get Real Philly at GetRealPhilly.org, and you can also join our social network at PauseIM.com. And, Jack, people can find you at JackMackenroth.com. There you go. Have yeah. a great week, Jack, and I will talk to you. I'm going to uh, go fry and get some melanoma going on. Yeah, right. Get some lotion <laughs> on. Enjoy the All rest right. of your day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye-bye.